What's up, everybody? This is Will Pruitt here with your TNA Impact all-access audio from the ProWrestling.net podcast, and uh, this was the special Star Wars edition. But before I get into that, and I've got a lot to say about that, I just want to talk about the member side of ProWrestling.net for y'all real quick. Um, It's an awesome time to be a .NET member with a a TNA pay-per-view this Sunday where you will get exclusive... uh, an exclusive audio review of it from Jason Powell. You've got the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view a week from Sunday. And then, of course, we're on the road to WrestleMania with all sorts of news and tidbits along the way. Always uh, interesting to uh, be on the insider side of things. And you also have access to the .NET Members Forum where you can go interact with other members, interact with the .NET staff, and, you know, it's a generally good group of people in there, so it's always fun to be there. All of that can be yours. Our weekly audio shows, our uh, .NET form, the ad-free access to the site, all of that can be yours for as low as five fifty a month if you take the annual option, or if you just want to try it out for a month or two, see how you like it, maybe even just download all of the insider interviews, think with Chris Jericho, Brock Lesnar, um, Hurricane Helms, Sean Devari, whole lot of interviews on the uh, member side of things, Conan, X-Pac, um, or if you just want to get on, download those, maybe check out some other stuff, go ahead, it's seven fifty for one month, and uh, we uh, are sure that either way you're going to be satisfied, so... Let's get into uh, TNA Impact right now, and this was the special Star Wars edition, as I mentioned. It aired on February 9th. It was taped over at Wembley Arena in London, part of the tapings that they did there, and it was a, it was a good show. It wasn't great. It, I thought that last week's show was better, and honestly, uh, it, it's possible that this was an average show that just felt good because the crowd was actually into it crazy thing when a crowd is actually passionate about a product and they want to see it, eh, the show's going to feel a little bit better. The show's going to be a little bit uh, more exciting to watch from home. I, I always say uh, passion promotes passion. If one, you know, if someone's passionate about something, I'm more likely to go and enjoy that, especially if they're there and I can see and take part in that passion. And I feel like that's true for wrestling. If you're watching a crowd that's passionate, you can go... And be more passionate about that. I think a perfect example was uh, the uh, CM Punk versus John Cena match. That Chicago crowd was so passionate that you had to be passionate watching from home. And, you know, the other big story aside from the uh, Star Wars mentions, I mean, it, it was a little bit of a bummer just how Star Wars free this episode was. The, the other big story aside from those Star Wars mentions was Sting returned to the ring again. Yep, Sting wrestled again. And uh, I I agree with giving this to the UK fans. I mean, if the guy's only got so many matches left in him, one of them should be at the biggest event in TNA history. But Sting should have uh, been, I don't know, advertised on TV for a couple weeks. Maybe even last week make this match. So people watching on TV have a chance to uh, build up to it as opposed to only people who check the website on occasion, seeing the little card that they put up for matches. Yeah, it, it's, I would say it's a little thing, but it's a pretty big deal. Sting is a big deal, and he should be advertised as such. But hey, let's go ahead and get into the show from the top, and the show opened with a video package interspersing Star Wars with TNA. And it was, it was interesting, you know? Um, they had a father and son 
rivalry going there, and they talked about a father trying to get a son to turn to the dark side. Yeah, that that wasn't terribly necessary. I I I mean, you know, Mark Hamill's a terrible actor and all. Star Wars movies are brilliant, by the way. Love them. Seeing episode one today. Mark Hamill's a terrible actor and all, but Garrett Bischoff takes the cake as far as over pushed. I I mean, that that's just reality right there. And you know, there was some other footage. They talked about a selfish champion. I don't really remember who they showed for that, but there was some Darth Maul in there, some Qui-Gon, got your Obi-Wan, old and young, and um, of course some Anakin, and we all remember what a terrible actor Hayden Christensen is. He's awful, guys. Like, Hayden is, Hayden's terrible. Granted, Natalie Portman, an Academy Award-winning actress, also sucks in the prequels. Again, Love the movies, seeing them, own them on Blu-ray, seeing them in 3D, own them on Blu-ray, just uh, telling it like it is. But then we got uh, Mike Tanay and Taz checking in on commentary, English fans still cheering their little English bums off, and uh, Bully Ray made his, made his, yeah, yeah, this this is going really well, Bully Ray made his entrance, um, demanded his music turned off, and paced in the ring as he cut his promo. He said he wanted to talk to his good personal friend Bobby Roode. So Bobby Roode came on out to his uh, theme music. And Mike tonight went, the leader of the generation of selfishness. What the hell does that even mean? I, I mean, and I think this is something that's hurt Bobby Roode as a heel. It's just all of these freaking catchphrases, man. The generation of selfishness. The selfish generation. The it factor of pro wrestling. Suddenly come out there and go, I'm Bobby Roode. I'm world champion. I don't like you. Like, that's, uh, I would buy a t-shirt that says that before I bought a generation of selfishness one. Uh, when Mike Tanay is calling your catchphrases, there is an issue. That's just the way I feel about it. Um, so, uh, Ray verbally attacked Rude, said, you know, last I had your back, I had your back, I helped you in your match last week. Basically, I helped you, why didn't you help me last week? And Rude kind of said, calm down, I tried. He said the only reason Rude was still champ. Well, Ray said the only reason Rude was still champ is because Ray has been protecting him. They biggered back and forth. Crowd did a little bit of what? And Rude said Ray's problem wasn't with him. It was with the same person he had a problem with. Sting. And just when it looked like they were going to, you know, kind of turn on Sting and start talking some trash, they didn't get the opportunity. Because Sting, his music hit immediately. And he came to the ring and... uh with his cricket bat. I still think the cricket bat is really funny, by the way. Um, he cut off Ray, who was trying to talk and said he would be the special enforcer for the four-way at the pay-per-view. And then booked Rude, Ray and Rude in a tag match against James Storm and the Insane Icon. And I just wonder how many people had no idea who the Insane Icon was. I, I really do. I, You know, how many of these English fans who chanted for Devon last week were like, who's the insane icon? Oh, it's Sting! It's Sting. That little kid in front of me let me know that it's Sting. Sweet. So, that happened. Um, then we saw Hogan and Garrett Bischoff backstage. Yeah, do you think when TNA goes into a new place, like Wembley Arena, they go, huh, maybe we can have the Herbie Cam film around this corner in an awkward manner where the people supposedly can't see him? Like, do you think they look out for odd corners in the arena or windows that they can film through and everything just to make sure that they'll be able to do that? Um, yeah, probably not, you know? But... Yeah, um, I enjoyed the opening. I, I liked the, you know, Chris Shore said it really well in his live coverage last night. I liked the idea of what they were doing, but I didn't exactly think the execution was spot on. 
So, you know, that kind of thing happens. Um, we came back from a commercial break, and the announced team talked about the main event. Then we saw a video recap of AJ Styles, Kazarian, and Christopher Daniels. This was a pretty necessary recap, since we haven't seen those guys on the show for a little while, which I think I mentioned last week really disappointed me. I, I like Kazarian and uh, AJ. I do like what they're doing with this program. I think it's pretty intriguing, and why not actually feature it on occasion? You know, there, there's enough filler on these shows that you can put these guys in a good spot. Um, then we add ring introductions for the first match. Christopher Daniels with Kazarian defeated, defeated AJ Styles at 6 minutes and 45 seconds. Remember when they used to wrestle for 30 minutes and waste 15 of them? They don't do that in a 7-minute match, and this was a good 7-minute match. It was action-packed. These guys work well together. Um, it was crisp. I, I don't know what more to say about it. Um, the, the story of the match was Kazarian beating Daniels. Um, was basically um, Kazarian not wanting to help Daniels, but ending up being forced to. So, you know, Kazarian had some brass knucks, and Daniels needed them, and Kazarian was like, no, man, I don't want to knuck him. And, you know, uh, Daniels was like, no, nah, man, you got to let me knuck him. And AJ was like, don't knuck me. Yeah. So... In the end, um, Kazarian did hand Daniels the brass knucks, and Daniels was able to hit AJ with him in a cool spot where AJ was going for a power bomb, and on the way up, um, Daniels looked like he accidentally hit the referee with one hand. And so as the ref's back was turned, hit AJ with the knucks as he's up, like, getting ready to be dropped for the power bomb. It, it was a nice spot. It was really well-timed between the two. So, yeah, that was... a. Uh, you know, he got the pinfall win right after that, and Kazarian looked sad. At the pay-per-view, we get Kazarian versus AJ, and I think it's going to be pretty good. I think it could develop into something a little bit bigger than it is, and, you know, it's a fun little mid-card program to watch. Backstage, Eric Bischoff spoke with Gunner about Hogan and Garrett Bischoff. He told Gunner he wanted Gunner with him, and for Gunner to take out Hogan and Garrett one kneecap at a time. I don't like Gunner. I don't really like Eric Bischoff. Not a huge fan of Hulk Hogan on my TV these days, and uh, definitely, definitely don't like Garrett Bischoff. Wow, that's a that's a combination right there. That that basically means that I didn't like any of it. So that happened. We got to the uh, top of, or we got to uh, quarter three. The uh, in my time zone, six thirty time slot, <clears throat> and Magnus and Samoa Joe made their ring entrance, and the crowd was into them. Which, uh, it was really cool for uh, to see. Last week, I thought that maybe they were a little cool towards Magnus. This week, they were, like, on the Magnus train. They were on the Magnus Express, going straight into the heart of Magnus. And, um, Magnus talked about the UK tour and said that he needed to make a correction. They're not in the UK. They're not in, you know, and he listed all of the other countries in the UK and said they are in London, England, and I am home. It was cool. It was cool. He talked about how he brought home with him his tag team partner, the Samoan Submission Machine, Samoa Joe, and the crowd went poop crap for Joe. A poop, poop crap? Now, I'm just not going to use that expression anymore, guys, and I would edit it out, but I don't know. I feel like maybe one of you will laugh at it, but the crowd went absolutely nuts for Joe, which was pretty cool. And um, he talked about how they were paired up randomly, thought it was... Thought it wasn't going to work, but they had proved that wrong. He said the tag champs were only a team because they're afraid. Said the tag champs were only a team because they were afraid to face each other. He said they'd win the tag titles at the pay per view. 
Matt Morgan and Crimson's music hit, and they came out both in, like, tight V-neck shirts and jeans, looking like, uh, if I may use a turn of phrase, the D-bags at the bar that you wouldn't want to uh, really talk to, those guys who are look like they can pick up, you know, look like they believe that they can pick up any girl, and always, hey, can I, uh, can I uh, buy you a drink, and maybe, uh, you know, have some sex? I don't know. But they look like jerks, basically, and... Uh, this segment, really, and I know it was designed to let Magnus be a babyface in London, but I think it had an adverse effect in that it also really made Magnus come off like more of a babyface than, and Magnus and Joe come off more like babyfaces than the babyface tag champs. And I, I just wonder at this point, what makes Magnus and Samoa Joe heels? And if you're TNA, why don't you see the obvious heelishness of your tag team champions, Crimson and Matt Morgan, and turn them. They look like jerks. Like, no one thinks they're cool. But, um, basically, um, the champs attacked, sent Joe to the floor, started beating up Magnus, but Joe pulled Magnus out from the ring and flipped off the champs, and they all stared each other down. It, it was a really good segment, actually. I, I thought, um, you know, Magnus was strong. He delivered the tag team, the tag team champions. Although they looked like jerks, man, they did their job looking like jerks. Joe was good, just hanging out. I Magnus carried it on the mic, and that's what Magnus can do. So, yeah. Um, then we got our second match of the night, and it was Alex Shelley defeating Doug Williams and Austin Aries in four minutes and thirty nine seconds. Um, this was good. It, it was. A whole lot of action packed into 4 minutes and 39 seconds. And that was good and bad. I would have liked to see them get 10 minutes on a show. And I know that with the way the TNA books things, the only thing that deserves 10 minutes on a show is the main event and Garrett Bischoff. Sorry, is Garrett Bischoff and the main event. So it didn't surprise me to see this one go short. But, uh, you know, I Doug Williams is a guy who I've always been a fan of. I, I've supported his act since his days as exhibition champion and thought that he could really really be, you know, that lead heel in the exhibition, something that they've always needed. And now they're getting with Austin Aries. But should the day come when Austin Aries turns babyface, and I do believe it will, Alex Shelley has to be a candidate for uh, that lead heel, or not Alex Shelley, Doug Williams has to be a candidate for that lead heel role. I was surprised to see Williams back so quick after Gunner's attacks. Gunner has been putting guys out for quite a while, and now it's just ineffective. I mean, Garrett Bischoff is back. Doug Williams is back. Like, all of these guys are like, yeah, we just, you know, we got DDT'd on the concrete. It was a bummer. John Cena would have been up after, like, 20 seconds. But we, uh, you know, we took a little bit longer. But it, And they mentioned that Doug Williams was back from injury. But there's just not a big deal being made about it. And that bums me out. Because um, they spent all of that time building up Gunner. And now Gunner is being fed to Garrett Bischoff to get an act over that's not over. And won't get over because everyone knows he's a promoter's son that no one cares about. But they uh, they really hit some nice spots here. And it was spotty. It, it was definitely spotty. But it was spotty in a good way. It was fun. High-flying action. The finish came with Alex Shelley um, hit the knee, followed by sliced bread on Austin Aries for the win. And um, I was surprised that they gave... I When I saw Doug Williams in there, I was like, oh, Alex Shelley's pinning Doug Williams. That's how this match is going to end. You know, to give Alex Shelley a win, but Austin Aries is going, you didn't beat me. But no, no, Alex Shelley beat Austin Aries. Just, uh, you know, minorly surprising, I guess. But uh, 
Yeah, it, it's some logic, I guess. I don't see Alex Shelley going over at the pay-per-view, at least not yet. I think they're going to wait a month or two before giving it to Shelley, so that makes sense. Um, backstage, again, we saw Hogan talking to Garrett. Sting walked in, and he and Hogan hugged, and their hug looked like Sting was afraid of injuring Hulk. Hogan said he appreciated seeing helping him be him again. And they hugged again. And, and there was some I love you bro action. The best kind of action to get on a wrestling show is I love you bro action. And then it looked, you know, they asked Garrett to excuse him. And they're like, oh man, you know, w- once this goes down. And then he looked at the camera and was like, can we have a chance? Can we just have a chance, brother? By the way, during this uh, little Hulk Hogan speech, my wife and I are sitting on the couch uh, watching it. And we just started randomly trying to interject the word brother in Hogan's promos. It is the most fun I've ever had watching a Hulk Hogan promo. Go, you know, let me, brother, tell you something, brother. You know, you ha- he has to pause for you to say it. But, it, you know, the natural wrestling promo has a pause in there. Just add the word brother as you're watching. It's a really fun game. I, I, if you're not laughing, like, really hard by the end of it, I am shocked, brother. So, t- so, brother, let me tell you, brother, something, brother, mean gene, brother, and so on and so forth. Um, then a video showed several of the UK fans talking about TNA being in England. And uh, they hyped Gail Kim attacking Tara on the street next. So, um, you know, I, I agree with what Chris Shore said here again, too. Please tell me they're not going to go with more intrigue, more, oh, there's some power struggle going on, brother. Because power struggles aren't that entertaining. I don't like watching them. But so um, we're at the top of the second hour now. There's some strategery going on here, let me tell you. Top of the second hour, first thing we got was Tara being filmed filming. She was filming like, it looked like she was doing a YouTube video, which I don't know if she does or not because I honestly don't care. Um, Like it looked like she was filming something for her fans, talking about, you know, this is London, look at how cool it is out here. But we weren't seeing what she was filming. We were seeing someone filming her filming. It was like she was meta-filming. Like, she was filming on film. It was nuts. But then Gail Kim came out to attack her later out on the street, and that was that. Then we saw the video with Hulk Hogan um, from last week talking about, you know, TNA is this close, brother. They're they're on the precipice of something big, brother. And all of that, and, you know, I, I find it funny that every time Hulk Hogan cuts a promo about TNA, he basically says the same thing, whether it was two years ago, one year ago, or right now, and TNA really has not shown growth in that time. Possibly overseas, they're getting all of these overseas deals. I think as a company, I mean, you've got the all wheels thing, the Ro- the Ring Ka King thing, but TNA is not seeing, seeing growth domestically in quite a while. Um, then Hogan and Garrett made their ring entrance, and the place went nuts for uh, Hogan. But then Hogan cut a, uh, you know, babyface promo. These fans in London, brother, I love them. And put over Garrett as the future. Uh, from everything correspondents said, the crowd hated it. And uh, TNA seems to have sweetened that up a little bit and made the crowd like it in post-production. Um, then Eric Bischoff came out, and uh, he and Gunner came to the ring. Eric asked Hogan who he thought would be... In it, who uh, who he thought he was interfering with his family business. Hogan said this was about Garrett's future brother. And uh, Eric and Garrett didn't have a future. Eric said Garrett didn't have a future. 
and it was time for Hogan to ride off into the sunset. Hogan said he had the Hulkamania, the Hulkamania stroke. That worries me, because if Hulk Hogan ever has a stroke, I know I'm going to make some terrible Hulkamania stroke joke. Now, um, after seeing the, the heir of his ways, brother, he said he sat down with Sting, brother, and Sting, brother, gave him the right to book a match, brother, for Against All Odds, brother, of Garrett versus Gunner, brother. And uh, Hogan started to say more, but Gunner shoved Garrett, and they started to brawl. Bischoff hit a low blow. Hogan beat up, Hogan and Gunner beat up, or on Hogan, and Gunner beat up Garrett. Hogan recovered and knocked Bischoff out and then tossed Gunner brother from the ring. Garrett and Hogan did something to Eric after that. That was, um, you know, basically the segment. So bad. And if you're wondering what I talked about with Strategery, the highest rated quarter hour of TNA Impact on a weekly basis is almost always quarter five. It's the top of the second hour. You've got fans changing the channel. You've got people that can get stuck on it. TNA oftentimes will put the knockouts in this quarter hour because then the quarter hour rating goes up even higher. Because again, you've got people surfing channels and attractive women are going to make people stop and go, what the heck is this? So what they did here was they put Tara and Gail Kim on at the very top of this segment saying, Tara and Gail Kim we want you to draw this rating. You know, we know that people are going to be channel surfing right now and see you. Then they put Hulk Hogan on so Hogan could say, look at this rating, brother, that I drew, brother. When in reality, Hogan, brother, didn't draw that rating, brother. It was more Tara and Gail Kim, brother, that drew that rating, brother. Um, yeah, so that happened. Then we saw a trailer for Phantom Menace in 3D and by golly, I'm going to see that movie. I don't care how bad it is today. Or how bad it is. Today, I'm seeing Phantom Menace in 3D, and I am psyched about it. Because it's still Star Wars in 3D, guys. Say what you will, yeah, I'm going to sit through some Jar Jar Binks and bad talk about the Republic and politics. But, my lord, I am going to get to see a lightsaber fight in 3D. And by the way, pod racing is going to be awesome in 3D. I don't care who you are. And after that, I'm going to go on Star Tours at Disneyland. Yeah. You tell me if you're having a better Star Wars day than that. What? Backstage, we had Bully Ray and Bobby Roode arguing, and then they hugged it out, like men. And Bully Ray left going three days. And uh, Hogan and Garrett were shown walking and talking, and Hogan finally announced that he and Eric would be in the corners of their respective fighters at the pay-per-view, brother. Um, our third match of the night was Velvet Sky defeating Mickey James in five minutes and 19 seconds, and... This was a bad match. Velvet um, does not have it in the ring. I, I know that's not going to surprise any longtime TNA viewers, but she is really weak in the ring, and that's that's disappointing to see. And Mickey did her best. She, you know, you could tell she was trying to work something, but it just wasn't happening. Velvet is not a good wrestler. I think Velvet would be a fine kind of sex appeal, ballet, that type of thing on the show. I, I still find the Let the Pigeons Loose thing tasteless, and, and I don't understand it. They also had fans, like, they had this fan that they showed with a sign that was like, I'm part of the Pigeon Army. You are never getting married, dude. Ever. That's just not happening. And if you are married, I am shocked that your wife is chill with you being part of the Pigeon Army wearing a Let the Pigeons Loose t-shirt. I would hope that she has more respect for herself than that, sir. Um, anyways, um, yeah, Velvet won a bad match. Um, I don't know what they're doing with the knockouts here. I don't, you know... 
I, I, you know, Mickey's been a perennial contender for a while, so I understand getting her out of that scene, but I don't get putting Velvet in. I think especially, you know, you need more babyface challengers to, uh, to Gail Kim, but I think even maybe you turn Winter babyface. I mean, you need more knockouts that can wrestle, you know? Um, another TNA in the UK hype video aired. Then we saw a hype video for the uh, four-way title match at Against All Odds, and Sting and James Storm cut a nice little promo backstage. And that brought us to uh, the introductions for the main event, and the crowd, again, I I keep saying how hot the crowd was, and they were super-duper hot to see Sting in the ring in the uh, full face paint, and Sting, to his credit, he wasn't rocking the the Impact Wrestling t-shirt, he wasn't, uh, you know, trying to hide anything, Sting was wearing, well, he was wearing his standard, you know, um, tights and tank top getup, and, uh, that tank top had a purple scorpion on it, and his, the built-in pad things on his tights were also all sorts of purple, and, uh, yeah, that was weird, but it was cool to see Sting actually in wrestling shape, or in, you know, semi-good shape, because sometimes, you know, you never know what you're gonna get with Sting and TNA. Sometimes you get Sting in a t-shirt. Actually, I take that back. Since Starcade 97, you never know if you're gonna get Sting in a t-shirt or Sting in decent shape. And he looked to be in decent shape in this match, which I really appreciated. Um, and the main event was just pretty standard. I mean, you had a, a little bit of tension tease between Storm and Bully Ray, and you had a James Storm and Sting, you know, Sting, of course, taking the hot tag, Storm doing most of the work. And I've got to say, you know, as much as I've complimented Storm and as much as I've liked Storm this year, Storm can get in better shape. You know, he, he needs to take a page out of the uh, Mark Henry playbook or, you know, I, you know, someone's playbook. Storm needs to write a playbook that involves him dropping a little bit of extra weight, getting in better shape, because, you know, he's going to be babyface in peril a lot. He's going to have to do a lot of bumping. And uh, really, Storm just, uh, his body type doesn't look the way a main event wrestler should in 2012. And I'm sorry that it's that way. I, you know... I'm fine with a larger guy, but, you know, he's a relatively skinny guy. I think he has a similar body type to uh, Chris Hero, who, you know, I said uh, at the PWG event that I saw him at in December at Fear, uh, I said Chris Hero needs to get in a little better shape because he's looking a little chubs chub around the uh, midsection. And I would say the same thing for James Storm. And I like, you know, like I said, I've liked James Storm. I've liked his work this year. And I, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan, but... Um, you know, they worked on Storm's ribs, he did the DDP rib tape gimmick, and, um, that just kind of, you know, that was the story of the match there. Um, the match ended when, uh, Bully Ray, um, basically, Sting locked Rude in the Scorpion Deathlock, Bully Ray took out Storm and grabbed the belt, he climbed in the ring and looked like he was about to hit Sting with the belt, and then he looked down at, uh, Rude and said, see you in three days, champ, dropped the belt and left. This was a pretty cool ending. I, uh, you know, it it teased that tension between uh, Bully Ray and Bobby Roode. It typed the title match on um, Sunday that you know TNA probably is going. Eh, we don't care. We're just going to give you that match again on Impact next Thursday, anyways. And um, really, it, um, it, you know, it was pretty entertaining. I I enjoyed this show in general. I I thought it was a really nice episode of TNA Impact, and I'm happy to say that. It's been a couple good weeks for the show, and hopefully this momentum that they have carries over to the pay-per-view on Sunday. What I don't want to see on Sunday is a bad show. 
I, I don't want to see a pay-per-view that leaves me groaning and upset at the end of it. I want to see a pay-per-view where I'm going, wow, you know, even if everything wasn't perfect, we got some really nice wrestling on this show. So that that's me talking about Against All Odds, um, you know, Star Wars Impact. Uh, they could have done a little more Star Wars. Not, you know, another preview for the movie, but I don't know. I, I feel like Star Wars Impact, you really could have had some fun on the wrestling show. They they had it open with faux James or Earl Jones guy doing voiceovers and stuff, but I, I think you could have gone full out, you know, TNA Impact, the, you know, opening scroll of Star Wars and everything, and, you know, dumb things like that. I, you know, maybe even sat a long time ago in the UK, I don't Maybe I'm being too silly, but uh, I would have enjoyed seeing a little more Star Wars here because Star Wars Impact just got me pretty excited. So, um, yeah, decent, decent match. I should stop dropping things. Decent match um, to end the show. Decent show in general. There were some bad points, but I think there were more high points than bad points. Too much Garrett Bischoff on this show. Dear Lord, there was too much Garrett Bischoff on this show. I, it could have gone with, like, 80% less Garrett Bischoff. And I think everybody would have been fine. So, that's that. Um, Sunday, .NET members, you're going to get ad-free access to the site during Against All Odds. And, as always, you get ad-free access to the site. So, uh, if you are not a .NET member, that's a major perk right there. Plus, on Sunday, members will be listening to... Um, to uh, Jason Powell's audio review of Against All Odds on Sunday night, and those are always fun. So check that out. Again, tons of member audio for you. You've got the, uh, you know, you've got the .NET Countdown, myself and Jake Barnett getting together on a weekly basis to talk about the top five and bottom three moments of the week. You've got Chris Shore's audio slant when he remembers how to post audio. You've got... Um, Reviews of all of the of the major weekly shows, Raw, SmackDown, and Impact on a weekly basis. You're getting one of those right now. Members get them all week, every week. And uh, you also receive the .NET Weekly Audio Show, which often breaks first-run news. Um, Jason's one of the most well-connected guys in the uh, wrestling media, and you're going to get news that you're not hearing anywhere else, especially if it's a one-source type of deal where maybe a second source hasn't confirmed it yet. That doesn't go up on the site. That does, you know, maybe it ends up in the forum, but it always, it will end up on .NET Weekly, and it's a great place to uh, learn a little bit about the uh, wrestling business. So, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for your support of the ProWrestling.net All Access podcast this week. And uh, this is Will Pruitt wishing you a happy Against All Odds weekend. And now get out there and see some Star Wars, people. <laughs>